Well, praise God. Wow. I've had a fabulous time with all the women and, and uh, you have a great bunch of women. And it's funny to come to church and I'm thinking, oh, so she's married to that guy. Okay. Oh, okay. They're together. Wow. Because <laughs> I meet these awesome women and then I get to meet the awesome husbands. So um, we just had a, a fantastic time. There's so much talent in, and I love the fact that you guys really know how to, how to laugh, how to let your hair down. And so I know I'm in the right place. The food was spectacular. Uh, to whoever made that cheesecake, my stomach loves you, my hips hate you. <laughs> uh, and I thank God that you guys are just so warm and welcoming. I remember reading in a Weight Watchers magazine. <laughs> I've joined and rejoined Weight Watchers about 50 times now. Been on a diet for 30 years and I really feel I'm just about to crack the code. <laughs> just on the verge of a breakthrough. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, in this caption in the Weight Watchers magazine, it had uh, two ladies sitting there and, and, um, in their overcoats and, and uh, we call them Mary and Martha. Mary says to Martha, it's okay, Martha, we can take our coats off here. And I want to say this feels like a church where you can just take your coat off. You can just be accepted for who you are, lumps, bumps, warts and all. <laughs> and so um, it's great to have this time with you. I want to just say for those of you that, You've lost your mums or, you know, um, there's maybe difficulty there that uh, where hearts are with you and we just gather you in this morning and, um, you know, why don't you adopt a mum today? And if you're a mum, why don't you adopt a loved one today? And uh, we want to have people feel gathered in. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Joshua. Um, I'm watching the clock because many of you have Mother's Day celebrations and have prayed before you came. Lord, please don't make a rave on too late. We've got a great lunch. <laughs> I can feel those prayers coming. As I <laughs> but um, I am going to be quite conscious of the time um, because of that very fact. Look, if you're here too as a visitor because it's Mother's Day, all my children come to church, particularly on Mother's Day. And, uh, and so you, you might not be all that familiar with a service like this, but I want you to know we're here because Jesus Christ is real. He, he died on a cross 2,000 years ago for the sins of the world. That God wanted creation to have free choice and fraught with danger as he put within creation free choice and the opportunity to choose or reject him. Because there's no joy in having someone who is pre-programmed to love you. You know, I absolutely, I love my children and I love my grandchildren. In fact... Grandchildren are the reward you have for not killing your own. <laughs> and my heart just pumps custard. You know, when, when, when I get on the phone with my daughter and she says, hang on a minute, Mia just wants to say hello to you. Hello, Nana. I will come to your house. I come to your house. <laughs> and my heart just melts. And I have determined whether through bribery, corruption and every means powerful that I will become the most loved person in their life. Besides their mother, father. <laughs> but I would have no joy if, if um, you know, my daughter said, come, tell, tell Nana you love her. Hello, Nana, I love you. <laughs> no, the joy of when I open the door and, and they come running out of the car going, Nana, 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 and scoop them up. You see, God wants you to choose him out of a free will. And Jesus Christ died on the cross to 
make the way possible because sin cannot enter heaven. And if you've sinned even one time, if you told a lie, if you've got angry, it's a little bit like um, mad cow disease. <laughs> I was over here in New Zealand a few years ago when all the scare about mad cow disease was on. And you guys have the most amazing sense of humour. I went past a butcher shop that said, no mad cows here, only slightly eccentric ones. <laughs> I love the New Zealand humour. <laughs> but there came, a, a, like on the news, there was a whole, bu- a whole bunch of cows on this ship. And, uh, and uh, it, they wouldn't let it dock because the cows had mad cow disease. And I think it came near Sydney, but Australia said, no thanks. You know, they can't dock here. Now, we had nothing personal against those cows. I'm sure they were lovely cows. But they had mad cow disease, so they couldn't come to our nation. God's got, it's not a personal issue. Sin cannot enter heaven. Sin would destroy heaven. So Jesus died on the cross as a perfect sinless sacrifice, and his blood was shed for the remission of sins. The way we enter into that Uh, salvation is the Bible says as many as received him he gave the power to become a son or daughter of the living God so we have to receive him I went to church as a child and uh, and although they were very good and helpful I was never given the understanding of how to receive Jesus and uh, that uh, I love that old example just because you know um, your car's in the garage you know you're in the garage doesn't make you a car if you know what I mean that's a really dumb thing to say, but anyway, moving right along. <laughs> what I'm saying is just going to church isn't enough. We need to personally receive Jesus. And so I want to say, if you can look around and you see such happy, wonderful people worshipping God on the platform and around you, that joy is because Jesus has come into their heart. And they have the joy of knowing that uh, one day when we step into eternity, God will not ask you, you know, did you murder anyone? Did you rob a bank? Oh, okay, you can come in <laughs> He will say one thing, what did you do with the free gift of salvation my son died to give you? He may even point back to Hastings at a certain time when an opportunity was given and uh, to accept Jesus. Today, if you do not know the Lord, you can go home not only having a wonderful Mother's Day, but you can have a day where you are born again and that no matter what happens, you belong to him. And uh, no matter what you face, we all face problems, but as Christians, we have a wonderful Saviour that helps us through. Amen? Amen. So we're going to make opportunity to pray at the end of this service very briefly. Um, But I want you to turn with me now to the book of um, Joshua. One of the things that was coming through with the women's conference was the fact that God was declaring it's a new day. It's a new season. And I believe that um, God has given me a word this morning for this house and for many people here that's a new season. Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they fought natural giants, they fought natural enemies. And in the New Testament, the issues and giants we face are spiritual, but the principles are the same. The Bible says all scripture is given and God breathed and has the ability to speak to our lives today. Amen? And so I want to talk about Joshua. Joshua was a a, a man that God raised up to take the people of God, the children of God, the Israelites, into the promised land. Moses had led them through the wilderness and there came a new season. And God raised up Joshua to take the children of God into their destiny. I believe God's opening up a door of destiny. I believe it's a new season. 
And as uh, Joshua went in, most of the battles happened at the entrance of the land. And there's been a contending and there's been challenges people have been facing to come into this new season. The Bible says that as God led them in, the first thing they had to do was take Jericho. And after Jericho, they had a setback at Ai, a city they had to take and, uh, and, uh, and uh, they were defeated. It was a shock to Joshua because the Bible says that he saw all the people being filled with fear and, and he had such a a remembrance of how Moses couldn't take them in because they were afraid and it seems like it was happening all over again. But God led them through that and, and then on to another uh, town and then they came to a time when a company of people called the Gibeonites pretended to be from the other side of the world and came with mouldy bread and old clothes and said, will you, will you make covenant with us? And they were actually a nearby tribe the people of God have been commanded not to make any alliances with the neighboring um, enemy tribes. But uh, Joshua was taken in because they just seemed like they were needy. As soon as he made a covenant with the Gibeonites, they found out that they were a nearby tribe. And now they were saddled with having to look after this people. And uh, so I'm saying all that to say that it wasn't easy for the, the, the moving forward. There were some issues. There were some um, things that were happening. The Bible says that even the people murmured uh, about Joshua. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy to rise up and fulfill your destiny. But I want to come here to Joshua chapter 10. And reading in Joshua chapter 10. Oh, sorry, that microphone. <laughs> That was the bottle. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> when old people get older, they make all sorts of funny noises. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was the bottle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joshua chapter 10, what happens is there were neighboring kings that really got cranky with the Gibeonites for coming into connection with Joshua. They were threatened and intimidated, so they decided to teach the Gibeonites a lesson. It was a turf war that was happening. And so these enemy kings came and attacked Gibeon. Now, because Joshua was a man of his word, the Bible says, um, you know, we are to swear to our own hurt. We need to be people that no matter what happens, we keep our word. Joshua was a man who kept his word. The Bible says the Gibeonites cried out and said, Joshua, come over here and help us. And here it is, the Joshua and the people of Israel being dragged into a war that they really shouldn't have to. And, you know, sometimes the hassles come. Sometimes there's just things that don't add up, that seem inconvenient. But I want to say this, that nothing takes God by surprise. The Bible says that Joshua and all the valiant men rose up and marched from Gilgal to Gibeon. Now that's 25 miles of rugged terrain. They marched all night. And they suddenly came upon Gibeon. I want to say we're coming into a season of suddenlies. Suddenlies in God. We're coming into a season of great God encounters, but often they are preceded by the long, dark night of the soul. Sometimes they're preceded by times of plodding and plowing and warring and just pressing through. Now, before I was a Christian, 
and I was a single mum and I grew up in a place called Redcliffe and got involved in all sorts of things. But I, I, I often hitchhiked from Redcliffe to Brisbane. That's about 25 miles. And um, it's a smooth bitumen road. I remember actually hitchhiking into the train station to get a train home to see my mother. I waited on the wrong platform. <laughs> the train came and went, and so I hitchhiked back home <laughs> where I was staying. But these guys, this was rugged, uncharted terrain. They clambered, they climbed over, rocked, rugged, rugged terrain with all their weaponry, with all their shields and spears. And I want to say sometimes life can be, feel like you're just climbing over obstacles and problems and issues. And the Bible says suddenly they came after marching all night. And sometimes we can get the impression that God just suddenly shows up when we're sitting back doing nothing. But oftentimes we're pressing through, we're having to deal with challenges. The Bible says as they suddenly came upon Gibeon, that the Lord showed up and miraculously began to throw hailstones out of heaven. And I want to say when we stand in faith, God shows up. He's looking for faith so that he can move. It says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth, searching for hearts that are looking to him. Amen? It says without faith it's impossible to please God. Even though they were tired, even though they'd been through a tough time, they showed up for the battle. They said we're going to believe God's with us. And the Bible says God began to throw great hailstones out of heaven. You know what? God loves a good fight. He just finds it hard to find one. Most of us lose by default. Most of us lose by default. The battle seems too hard. And what happened was as the hailstones were being rocketed out of heaven and um, the, the, the darkness began to fall, they needed more daylight to finish the battle off. And this anointing, this, this uh, boldness began to come over Joshua after being through setbacks, after being through challenges and after being through time when, when there was murmurings uh, around him. And he rose up and he prayed the most amazing prayer. And in the midst of that time, he rose up and he said, sun stand still, moon stand still. Wow, what an amazing prayer. And the Bible says, and God answered the prayer of Joshua and the sun stood still. God intervened in nature. God intervened in the planets because one person stood up and believed God. Do you think God can give you $1,000? Think God can turn that situation around in your family? He's saying, give me something hard. He said, some of the things you're praying is just easy. Give me something tough. I'm God. <laughs> Give me something big. And, uh, and, 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 and the Bible says that Joshua, as he fought and finished the battle because God held up the planets, God will intervene in things in our life as we reach out to him. During World War II when Hitler had blitzed most of Europe and was uh, on that devastating march across, he didn't really want to take on Britain. He really didn't want to fight the English. But because Winston, was it Churchill? <laughs> Sorry, I knew that. It was either Menzies or Churchill. <laughs> Got the arm action happening here. Um, 
Winston Churchill said we'll fight him on the beaches. We're, we are going to make sure that the blight of Hitler is wiped off the face of the earth. So whether he liked it or not, um, um, because Churchill opposed Hitler and was going to block him, Hitler went to war and decided to take on Britain. Now, Britain had very little, um, and he had uh, a few number of boats and aircrafts. Hitler had amassed hundreds of ships, hundreds of aircraft. London had been bombed. But what happened was Churchill called the nation to prayer. And he said, we need to pray. All the nation of England prayed. It was in the month of September when the possibility of crossing the English Channel was the most um, favourable. And as the ships uh, were there ready to be launched and as the planes were ready to fly over and, and totally blitz England, what happened was um, the storm that came and chopped up all the English Channel, the water became so rough, great clouds billowed in and there's a Lufthansa's or whatever, their aircraft could not fly. And as Hitler with his great army stood there on the banks uh, ready to cross the English Channel and the weather turned so bad that in the end, frustrated and, uh, and annoyed, he turned back. God will intervene in our lives. Amen? God wants us to have a victorious attitude. I remember a man passing a, uh, a shop in... Um, in, uh, you know, wherever. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's say Sydney. And um, right next to where the mad cows wanted to dock. But anyway, um, and it was a tattooist. And in the window, it had a tattoo you could get called Born Loser. And uh, the person that read it went in and said, who on earth would get Born Loser tattooed on their arm? And the tattooist said, oh, easy. He said, First tattoo here before ever tattoo here. God wants to break through on our behalf in a great way. But he can only do what we reach out and believe him for. The middle verse of the Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. When they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God's word make a difference in my life? Can God's word change my circumstances? They limited God. God is a limitless God. But he is limited to what we believe him for. Isn't that amazing? That even though he's big, even though he'll hold up the planets, he is limited by how we reach out to him. And one of the things in our nation we have to really fight is good old Aussie cynicism. Yeah, right. I've heard it all before. Yeah, I went to church for a while. You know, they talk that faith stuff. But, you know, she'll be right, mate. I'll get by. I've been doing it tough all my life. I'll get by. That, that religion's for where them, their women and kids. You know, Aussie cynicism or whatever it is, unbelief will hinder, will stop us from really breaking through. Mums and dads, we have to break through for our kids. We have to be in faith for our kids to rise up and walk in it. Amen? And be bold in our faith. And I believe God wants to release the spirit of boldness. What happened? They fought the enemy, but the five enemy kings were, went and hid in a cave. And it was told Joshua. And he said, roll a stone over that cave till we finish fighting the enemy. And they got into this big skirmish and they destroyed the enemy. And then they came back to the cave. And the Bible says, no one spoke a word because the fear of the Lord had so fallen. And they'd seen God's power being released. They rolled the stone back. They brought out the five enemy kings 
these kings that represented the obstacles, the, the things that had came against them that had seemed so powerful. And then Joshua broke with tradition and he calls his captains forward. He calls his captains forward and he says, I want you to put your foot on the neck of the enemy. I want you to put your foot on the neck of the enemy. And as they did that, then Joshua killed them and then he hung their bodies in the streets. And uh, the Bible says in the book of Colossians, Jesus made an open display of the enemy. Now, I want us to just get, a, get an idea of what that really looked like. So I'm going to ask for some volunteers. I believe there's an Australian over here called Rod. <laughs> Rod, come on up, Rod. Praise God. Another volunteer. Yay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Do you mind being a Philistine for five minutes? Okay. Another Philistine? Excellent. Over here. <laughs> okay. Sergeant, God bless you. Over here. Okay. Uh, no, he's going to be one of the captains. <laughs> okay, now, where's the gentleman that was song leading over here? Um, Cheyenne. Come on, Cheyenne. Yes. Yay. Now, Cheyenne, you're going to be one of the Philistines. <laughs> okay, now, can anyone nominate two more Philistines? <laughs> Spike? Spike? Oh, Pastor. No, we won't do that to Pastor Mike. <laughs> okay. Peter, Peter, come on, Peter. Okay, okay. One more, one more Philistine. Andrew, yay, come on, yay, awesome. Yo, okay. Now, Philistines, you cannot win, okay? <laughs> so this is going to look really bad if you actually tackle one of the captains and kill him. Okay, so I want you just to lie down on the floor. <laughs> um, Sergeant, could you, could you pick out another four captains? Just, um, my, yeah, mighty men of faith. Failing that. Um. <laughs> okay, just, I'll put him in a spot. Okay, hang on, volunteer a mighty man of faith that's next to you. Oh, Dave, Andrew, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 on to it. Yes. Yay. One, two. One, two, three, four, five. Yay. Woo. Okay. Okay. Radio. <laughs> You're not having a holiday here. You, you know. <laughs> actually, radio. Um, actually, could you kind of move down this way a little bit? We want you to spread out. <laughs> okay. That's it. Come over here. That's it. Uh, you left me. <laughs> right here. That's great. Um, <laughs> it's like women moving the furniture. It's not quite what I had in mind. Um, <laughs> could you come around this way a bit more? You bunched up a little bit too much. Um, what was your name, sir? Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Could you just come around this way a little bit more? Just there. That's that's great. Excellent. Now, um, can you be very gentle? <laughs> But I want you to go and put your foot on the neck of these guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> gentle. 
you behave, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're defeated. See, I knew, that would, I knew that would be naughty. Okay, now why would Joshua do that? I believe that it's a picture that God wants to put on the inside of the church today. And he's saying, come on, church, get this on the inside. The devil's under your feet today. Poverty's under your feet today. Sickness is under your feet today. Family problems are under your feet today. And God had to cause them to know what it felt like to see those giants and those enemy kings under their feet. And I believe God is wanting the church to come near and say, come on, we've got to get this internalized. not enough just to have mental assent. God says, you are the head and not the tail. I have defeated every enemy on your behalf and your foot is on the neck of the enemy today. Amen. Hallelujah. And he gave them a very graphic example. He said, come on, I want you to feel it. I want you to believe it. I want you to know what it's like to have your foot on poverty. You know, I know what it was like to uh, saying to the ladies yesterday to get those window envelopes. <laughs> to work out a budget where it was $2 a meal. And you know, there was times when I would go shopping via the Christian bookshop <laughs> with the shopping money. And uh, because I loved understanding God's principles. And as a, as a single mother with three kids on my own, and I remember going past the bookshop with my money for groceries and came out with about three or four books and much less for groceries. And I'm trying to repent <laughs> while stopping at the lights and quickly looking at the books. Oh, I can't wait to get home and read that. I'm really sorry, God. I spent so much money. And I was thinking, oh, well, I can get a no-frills pizza and put extra cheese on it. The next night, I'm going to go to Mum's for toasted sandwiches. And <laughs> And then I would do a big repent again and God spoke into my heart and he said, I don't mind that you love the seed of my word. And because I'm blonde, he spoke to me about Jack and the Beanstalk. (laughs) How do you give a word to a blonde? You take them back to the fairy stories. And God says, just like Jack who sold everything for for a handful of beans, God says, as you get that seed into your heart, a tree of life will come up. You're going to kill the giant. You're going to get the gold and everything's going to come forth because of the seed of my word. He said, I don't mind that you love the seed of my word. I don't mind that you go after it the way you do. And I want to say this, God wants to get this in our hearts today because I believe in this house, he's raising up the fivefold. I believe he's raising up a power team and there's an apostolic anointing he's releasing. Uh, where, where God is saying there's such a boldness. Jo- Joshua, from that time on, it went from city after city after city and it began to establish breakthrough in all the promised land God gave him. God used a crisis to put an internal image of victory. Amen? Let's give a hand to the giants and the Philistines and the... Yay! woo In, um, in World War II, there was a general, the only general who surrendered because he didn't want to see any more of his men killed, General Wainwright. And uh, in the POW prison of war camps, they were kept and they were in an isolated place. And when, when war finished, it took a while to get to some of the outlying places where there was prisoners of war. And also, 
they wanted to keep the news as long as possible from the, the prisoners of war. But eventually it filtered through to this Japanese POW camp where General Wainwright was, that the war was over. And here he was, beaten, starved, him and his men, emaciated, but news had come that the Japanese had surrendered. If you're Japanese, we love you now. But anyway, that was years ago. And as General Wainwright, emaciated, beaten, tired, was freed, he walked into the Commandant's office and he said these words, your Commander-in-Chief has now surrendered to my Commander-in-Chief. Hand over the keys of the compound. I want to say it doesn't matter how you feel, it doesn't matter what you've been through. Our Commander-in-Chief defeated the enemy and gave you the keys of the kingdom. Amen? And he has put within your heart a gift of faith, an anointing of faith, where you can say, Lord, I need, an, I need an open heaven. And I believe God is releasing a new day of power over the church. He's releasing a new day of breakthrough over your life, and it doesn't matter how bad it's looked or what battles you've been facing. God wants you to know he's still the God of wonders beyond all galaxies. He's still the God, hallelujah, that works miracles. I remember as a, uh, I go back to a lot of the things that God did in my life, but as a single mom, with three children, and uh, I was like re running the prayer meetings at church, and I was getting up and uh, going to this particular prayer meeting at six o'clock in the morning. I came out, and there, my, uh, my Tirana, I used to drive an old Tirana, any Tirana drivers here, God bless you, it was great, <laughs> but it was stolen, and uh, whoever had stolen it had uh, thrown out my Amplified Bible, thank you Jesus, the one I'd had since I was saved, and one jogger, one stand shoe, what do you call them, joggers over here? And uh, yeah, why not keep both or throw out both? But anyway, one jogger. And um, I'd like to say that I rose up with great faith and thought, yes, Lord, you're going to do something mighty in my life. But at that time, I just had a, a little seed of faith. And I just sat down and I said, God, this is too hard. Um, you know, how am I going to get my kids to school? How am I going to buy the groceries? And but as I went to church and, and uh, the next prayer meeting I took, we prayed twice as long and twice as hard because I thought, devil, if you're taking me out, I'm going to give you a couple of black eyes on the way down. <laughs> it came that Sunday as the offering came around. I took a seed offering that, that I couldn't really in that day afford. But I just said, Look, devil, I'm coming against you with the opposite spirit in your face. And I put it in. As I put it in, um, you know, I just... I just um, you know, just went on. But about three weeks later, a lady that uh, I didn't know very well. In fact, uh, I used to feel sorry for her. She looked poorer than me. She came up and she wrote out a check for $10,000. Wow. Said, here, go buy yourself a car. Wow. Whoa! I wanted to say, thank you, devil. You set me up for a blessing. You put me in a crisis where I needed a miracle. And I wanted to put an ad in the paper to the young man that came to number six, Main Street, Scarborough, and took that car. Get saved, but God bless you. You set me up. You did me a favor. You put me in position where I needed to call upon God for something bigger, something greater. Hallelujah. And there is a principle I didn't know was operating. The Bible says if you sow in a time of famine, if you reach out in faith, God will give you the hundredfold return. And a few years later when I married Jeff and he was leasing a car and uh, for his business. I've got that action happening pretty good here. And um, he said, you know, funny things happened. I've just come back from uh, just signing the lease on a new car and the buyback price was so much that I can lease two cars for the same price. He said, come and pick out a car. 
You know what that does to a poverty spirit? To walk into a Holden dealership and say, oh, I have the silver statesman. Thank you. I want to make a statement. <laughs> the kids that get in that car, they used to drive in the old Tirana. Like, well, I bought a five-speed laser after that with the $10,000. But this is the miracle continuing. And you know, look, if Jesus pulled up in a V-dub, I know what I'm going home in. I'm not talking about status here. I'm talking about what God wants to bless you with. And my kids would uh, ride in that car and my son would make me drive down a particular street where someone lived. <laughs> I'd hear the electric window going down. He says, drive slowly, Mum. <laughs> When I drove the old Tirana and I was taking them to school, they'd say, drop us off at the corner, Mum. <laughs> but now it's like, drive right up to the school. And my mum, who'd always said, you know, for a while they're your religious fanatic. You don't let your kids watch this movie. And, no, 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 no. Well, she said, Faye, when I visited her in the Statesman, she said, Faye, could you beat the horn as you leave? <laughs> That's my kid. I want to tell you, God wants to show up and show off. He showed off. You know, as parents, we like to show off. <laughs> I used to ride a motorbike and, uh, many, many years ago, and I remember taking my son with me on a retreat down to New South Wales. Well, the farmer had these um, uh, Kawasaki's and, uh, and um, other bikes that he used to round the sheep off with. Mum was a, a 250 um, Kawasaki, I think, and, and the daughters used to ride them. And My son was with me. And... Uh, I tell you what, that was a great day when I got on that bike. He'd never seen his mum, like Easy Rider. <laughs> Next property was two hours away, so no helmet. I went zooming past my son. He was on the back of the other motorbike, showing off. <laughs> you know, God wants to show up and show off. He wants to show himself strong. He said, pray some big prayers. Just don't want to survive. God says, I want to open up the heavens. And God is declaring today, it's a new day. And when God himself will stand and hold up supernaturally the windows of heaven and say, I'm releasing a day of power. I'm releasing a new day of apostolic breakthrough. Hallelujah. He says, I want you to get it on the inside. Your foot is on the neck of poverty. Hallelujah. I want to say there's nothing I want for. And for single moms or moms that have had to struggle with things, you know what it's like? I never used to buy pegs. That was the least of my needs. I used to have to throw things over and double them up. Tell you what, when I put my washing out, I put three and four pegs on the one thing. In fact... I just used the dryer, <laughs> much to my husband's disgust. <laughs> There's nothing I want for. You know, the, the, the God wants you to have abundance. I believe he wants to break a poverty spirit. I believe he wants to break issues and areas in your family that you thought would never change. And he says, I want you to get this on the inside. It's got to be internalized. That's why Joshua broke with tradition and he said, come on, captains. You've got to feel this. You've got to internalize this. You've got to know that you are the head and not the tail. And you know, that's why God took me on that journey. I mean, I really don't give a hoot what sort of car you drive. But for me, he used it to break a poverty spirit. I used to cry driving that car, not because I was so wanting materialistic things, but I thought, Lord, I can't believe this is me driving this car. I want to get a diamond tiara. <laughs> the 
because he said, I've got to break that poverty spirit. I used to joke and say, oh, well, I'll go, I go overseas. I go to Sandgate via the Hornbrook Highway. If you're from Redcliffe, it's just a, <laughs> a bypass. But, you know, just a couple of years ago, I was just sitting in Hawaii, having ministered to a church, in a church, just looking over the waters, thinking, I cannot believe a Bevan from Redcliffe. Sorry, that's a, <laughs> that's a term in our country. Here I am. God, you're just taking me to these wonderful places. I want to say this. God has got to break through our mentalities. And he says, church, we've got to get a handle on this that he's under your feet today. Can we just stand and could I have the musicians come? While you're coming, I just want to pray for Pastor Mike and Pastor Joy this morning. So um, I'm just going to come down here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this precious couple. The Lord says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Everything is about to shift. For This is a power shift. This is a shifting that's not a small thing. But God says, even as um, Joseph was taken to the palace, even as uh, Joshua went and took uh, city after city after city, I've raised you up, even in a, as the apostle to this nation, says the Lord. And God says... Um, even as, you've been, even as you've pressed through and even as you've stood in the gap and you've seen the miracles and you've seen the breakthroughs, God says, get ready for surely there's going to be a raising up of a mighty fivefold ministry team. But also that God says that apostolic anointing to reach out even for miracles, signs and wonders. For God says, I desire to move on your behalf, even in a greater way. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you nations. I'm going to give you whole nations. And you'll be known as the apostle, even to those nations. So the Lord says, son, even... That reputation that's being built up even beyond your own mind, beyond what you can understand. For God says, it's my reputation. And the Lord says, uh, this day, know that I delight to bring you forth, even as my man, even as my apostolic set man. And I've put within your hand even a new spear. And God says, there, there are many people that have walked through Ai. But the Lord says, even as Joshua lifted up the javelin, I turned the place of defeat into a place of resounding breakthrough and victory. And the Lord says, I'm going to cause you to lift up that javelin and that rod of authority over many people's lives and there's going to be a breaking through and there's even going to be a releasing even of an apostolic breakthrough wherever you go and in this house this will be known as an Antioch sending this will be known even as a house of family restoration this will be known as a place where there's training and equipping training and equipping for many are being raised up even with the with the kingdom mindset the kingdom mentality it is time for my kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven and so the Lord says surely you're going to inherit the throne of glory God says it's a throne of glory and the Lord says daughter no even at this time you're going to see the travail of your soul and be satisfied for I'm raising you up even to be one that would shed the love abroad to many and God says there's going to be even that mother in Israel anointing even that anointing even to speak the truth and the words in love but the Lord says you have the wisdom you have the anointing you have the truth that will set many people free and God says I'm going to have you speaking it out more and more and more even in many places. And the Lord says, many need to hear the words that I've put in your heart. But God says, you're not only a mother, but a counsellor. And the wise counsel of the Lord is within you. And God says, you're going to be amazed of many that would come and even seek you out for the wisdom, the counsel and the insight. For I give you insight um, uh, on the inside and it's going to be beyond what you could uh, even, even understand. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you even prophetic insight and I'm going to cause the hearts of men to be known by word of knowledge, word of wisdom. The Lord says, 
minister's son and daughter. You're going to minister healing and deliverance to many marriages and even men and women in high places, in high degree. And God says they're going to be set free and you'll be known even as not only freedom fighters, but those that would bring that kingdom conquering mentality into the house of God. So the Lord says, get ready for surely you're going to even um, raise up in whole churches. You're going to raise up whole companies of people and it won't be arduous, laborious. It won't be that which will drain you and strain you. But the Lord says there's going to be joy in the harvest. There's going to be much celebration. There's going to be much R and R. And the Lord says you're going to say, if this is if this is what it is to to have to go into the nations, if this is what it is to raise up, um, even in this time, the the apostolic house, then uh, the, then praise the Lord. And God says surely you're going to even know that the even through the arduous times and the challenging times, I am doing a great work. And this day, God says, I declare an open heaven and open a new day. It's the day of my power and I'm releasing a fresh word of power, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Louise. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, I just believe there's an anointing for breakthrough in the house. I just want to take another five minutes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you're here because it's Mother's Day. God uses every opportunity to reach out. And through the corridors of eternity, He's calling your name today. Will you come? Will you receive Jesus? The Bible says if you hear His voice, don't turn it away. Don't turn it off. You know, we don't actually reject Christ. We just put it off and put it off until it really doesn't seem so important. Until it's too late. And uh, Jesus is reaching out and he wants to give you the free gift of salvation. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone here, but by a free act of your will, as you slip up your hand, you're actually saying, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. And I want you just to slip up your hand till I see it. And then I'm going to ask you to put it down. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. But if if you're here today and if that's you, you want to say, I want Jesus to come into my life. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've been a good person. But I want to say this, good people need Jesus. Good people need a Savior. If that's you, just slip up your hand till I see it. And then I'm going to ask you to put it down. Thank you, Father. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just slip it up till I see it, and then I'll ask you to put it down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Everyone looking this way, this morning, I believe God wants to release such a breakthrough in people's lives. Maybe you feel like you've been toiling all night. Maybe you feel like it's been uphill. But today, God wants you to put your foot on the neck of the enemy. Amen. And this morning, particularly in the area of, you know, you can have a poverty mentality. I had a poverty mentality. And I want to say God wants to break the spirit of lack this morning. And also, I believe, God wants you to put your foot on the neck of fear. Put your foot on the neck of intimidation. Whatever it is, if there is an area, as I've been preaching, that God's highlighted, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand this morning. If that's you, if there's an area... And I believe God wants to release the power of God right where you are. 
right where you are. Because it's Mother's Day, we're not going to prolong this. I want to make sure that we have a great day. But I believe God can release it wherever you are right now. If you're saying, Lord, I need to put my foot on the neck of the enemy. God, I need you to open the heavens. I need to supernatu- you to supernaturally do a change in my life. Thank you, Father. Lord, as, as I look over, Lord Jesus, you see these hands and you see as you're bringing the church into a new place, you're saying, come on, church. Come on, church. You're all going to enter into this. It's a new day of breakthrough. It's a new power shift. It's, just, it's a time when the church is going to be the head and not the tail. Father God, you see every hand raised. You see the, uh, the church here is standing before you. And Father God, as Joshua brought the captains near, as he broke with tradition and he brought them to such a place of knowing that their foot was on the neck of the enemy. Lord, today I thank you that poverty is under our feet today. Lack is under our feet today. Fear is under our feet today. Family problems under our feet today. Father, I thank you today. It's not by our might or power, but by your Spirit. God, we believe what we believe. We stand in faith and look to you today and say, God, it is by your Spirit. It's by your power. And we believe your Word. We believe today you're the God that can open up the heavens to hold up the planets. And Lord, we receive miracles. Just lift your hands once more. God, we receive miracles of change. There's people here and your sons and daughters are coming back from the enemy's land. Your sons and daughters are being delivered. Hallelujah. Coming out of bondage. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for miracles of breakthrough in families. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For I'm a turnaround God. And I make all things brand new. And I move heaven and earth. To do new things for you So look up and live Look up and see Redeeming power Drawing near to thee And I'm drawing near To lift you up To bring you forth In my power and glory Says the Lord Don't look back Don't look down As you lift up your head, you're going to wear that victor's crown. It's the day of my power. It's the day of my glory. And I'm going to have a people who'll stand and see. It's the day of my power. It's the day and the hour. The Lord says, know that I'm beginning to rise up as the lion of the tribe of Judah in your midst. As I died as a suffering lamb, but I rose as a lion. God says, you're going to know the roar of God over your life, over your circumstances. For I'm roaring out, even with a new anointing this day, says God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.